This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It is Monday, May 2nd, and this is People Every Day. Hello there, everyone. I'm Charlotte Triggs. Janine is out today, but I'm very excited to be keeping her seat warm. We have a great show for you today, so let's jump right in. Here's Lucy. That, along with six exclamation points, is how Andy Cohen shared his new daughter with the world on Instagram. Lucy Eve Cohen was born shortly after 5 p.m. on Friday in New York City and officially made a big brother out of Cohen's son, three-year-old Benjamin. In his post, Cohen thanked his surrogate, who carried both of his children, dubbing her a rock star. And a day after Lucy's birth, Andy had a follow-up Instagram post of himself looking over his daughter with the caption, greetings from cloud nine, hashtag I love Lucy. Congrats to the growing Cohen family. They look so cute and happy together. It's been quite an education for me. I've been nothing, been doing not much else but thinking about it for the last week or two. Bill Murray has broken his silence after being accused of misconduct while on the set of the upcoming Searchlight film, Being Mortal. While attending Berkshire Hathaway's annual shareholders meeting on Saturday, the 71-year-old actor and comedian spoke out about the incident, saying that he had, quote, a difference of opinion with a woman he was working with and did something that, quote, he thought was funny, but clearly wasn't. He also said, As of now, we're talking and we're trying to make peace with each other. I think that's where the real issue is, is between our peace. Um, we're both professionals. We like each other's work. I, we like each other, I think. And, you know, the world's different than it was when I was a little kid. You know, what I always thought was funny as a little kid isn't necessarily the same as what's funny now. Things changed and the times changed. Murray went on to add, quote, it's important for me to figure it out and that all that matters is doing what's best for the other person. We still don't know exactly what was said or done to cause the studio to halt production and launch an investigation. It does seem, however, like Murray is being receptive to the criticism. He followed up his answer by saying, quote, it's a sad dog that can't learn anymore. And, quote, I don't want to be that sad dog. There hasn't been any word yet from the studio about the conclusion of the investigation or if the project will resume, but we definitely will be keeping an eye on this as it develops. And now, moving on to a sad story that broke over the weekend. A day before her induction into the Country Music Hall of Fame, Naomi Judd has passed away. The timing of the legendary singer's death has raised some questions. Over the weekend, we learned the heartbreaking news that country legend Naomi Judd has died. Her daughters, Ashley and Winona Judd, released a statement saying in part, quote, we lost our beautiful mother to the disease of mental illness. We are shattered. We are navigating profound grief and know that as we loved her, she was loved by her public. Tributes have been pouring in from fellow country stars like Carrie Underwood, Reba McIntyre, Miranda Lambert, and so many more. This story is tragic, and just a heads up, we will be discussing themes of suicide and depression. So joining me now to discuss what we know and to honor Naomi's incredible legacy is People's Editorial Director, Cindy Sands. Hey, Cindy, thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. In Ashley and Winona's statement, they said their mother died of a mental illness, and we have learned that she, in fact, died by suicide. So, Cindy, what do we know about what happened, and what has Naomi said in the past about suffering from depression? 
You know, her daughters, Winona and Ashley, have been really deliberate about what they've said about what actually happened. They want to sort of keep the focus off of the method of how she died and more about her life and how she struggled with mental illness her entire life. So she's been very open about the fact that she suffered from extreme depression. She even called it suicidal depression. So what has she said in the past? What do we know about that? She's talked about how she was so depressed that she couldn't get out of bed. She wouldn't shower. She wouldn't eat. And she tried so many different therapies, talk therapy, electroshock therapy. um, But it had always been difficult to manage for her. She even said at one point she went out to a bridge near their property and considered what it would be like to jump off of it. Oh my God, it's so sad. All right, so now Winona and Ashley have both been open about the fact that they've had a challenged relationship with their mother over over time. So can you remind us, like, what was this journey like? Because, you know, as a family, they've lived much of their lives in the public eye. And a lot of this has been, you know, very much in the news over over time. Winona and Naomi both used to joke that they put the fun in dysfunctional, <laughs> um, that... When Winona and Naomi were on a bus together, traveling across the country, getting their music career started, there were the normal mother-daughter tensions, but they were exacerbated by being on stage and and such completely different personalities. Naomi's very much outgoing and social and flirty, and Winona was shy. She wanted it to be about the music, not about the stagecraft, and so that was always difficult for them. Meanwhile, Ashley was a a kid left at home with her grandparents because her mom and her sister were off becoming country music stars. So there was some tension there as well. Now, their band, The Judds, they had like 14 number one hit singles. I mean, it was like a big deal. The Judds were huge for a lot of the 80s and 90s. You know, they really sort of brought back that traditional country music. Their harmonies were amazing. And they were really on on the top of the business for a long time. Both Ashley and Winona have been open about issues that they've each personally had and like how their mother was there for them and how they interacted as a family. Winona has spoken about her weight issues and and dealing with that and like the kind of generational differences that she had with her mother. I mean, what did she say about, about that? Winona has talked a lot about her struggles with weight issues. Being with her mom who did not struggle with weight issues, there was, there was a natural sort of tension there. They're such different personalities. They have different body types. And being locked up on a tour bus together for years was difficult for both of them. And then Ashley has been open about the fact that she, she also suffered depression. And I know she actually sought treatment for it, right, back in 2005. Ashley has sought treatment for depression. There were a lot of secrets in that family for the longest time. The man that Winona thought was her father for years turned out not to be her father. Her mother had kept that secret for decades because she was trying to create the life that she wanted for those girls and not to tell them the messier parts of life. So, Cindy, the timing of this is something that is very Peculiar, because they had just had this wonderful performance at the CMT Awards, Winona and Naomi, and they were also preparing to go back on the road, right, and have kind of a farewell tour as the Judds again? They were, and everyone was excited about the tour. It was selling out. They were talking about adding more dates. People were excited to hear them singing together again, and it's it's just particularly heartbreaking that she would take her life at this time. It's so hard to understand. It's so tragic. So now Naomi was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame yesterday. And Winona and Ashley, I find it even hard to believe that they managed to kind of go accept this award on her behalf and pay tribute to their mother. Here's some of what they said. I didn't prepare anything. 
tonight because I knew mom would probably talk the most. <laughs> I'm going to make this fast because my heart's broken. And I feel so blessed. And it's a very strange dynamic to be this broken and this blessed. Well, I cannot imagine the emotions that they're feeling. So, Cindy, what else did they kind of get into in this presentation? I think we were all a little surprised that Winona and Ashley both showed up for the Hall of Fame induction. But I think they both knew that it was what their mother would have wanted them to do. You know, she was very much a showwoman, and it was about the music, and she wanted them to be there for the Hall of Fame induction. Cindy, I know you're a big fan of the Jazz. What was your favorite song by them? I love Mama, He's Crazy because it was just like, their harmonies are amazing and it was just such a fun song. Mama, he's crazy, crazy over me. And I think part of their appeal was that uh, it appealed to all different generations. You know, kids listen to it with their parents. It was just traditional country music that was fun to listen to. Naomi left behind such an amazing legacy and I know... All of her fans will always remember it. Cindy, thank you so much for stopping by to talk about this with me. And if anybody out there has a loved one or themselves, if they're struggling or need someone to talk to, please reach out to the Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Over the weekend, we learned that Amber Heard fired her PR team while in the middle of her defamation lawsuit with ex-husband Johnny Depp. Later on in the show, we get into the latest drama out of the ongoing trial. Seriously, you guys, I spent several hours on Saturday just watching clips of the testimony and going over all the quotes and memes that are everywhere on social media. But first, the White House Correspondents' Dinner returned for the first time since the start of the pandemic. After the break, we get into the big moments and laughs of the night, and you have to hear what Martha Stewart had to say about one particular couple on the red carpet. We'll be right back. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the first time the president attended this dinner in six years. It's understandable. We had a horrible plague, followed by two years of COVID. We're back, and that was President Biden from this weekend's White House Correspondents' Dinner. This year marked the first time that the dinner was held since the start of the pandemic, and the president seemed to be in good spirits and didn't shy away from poking fun at himself. The very first president to attend the White House Correspondents' Dinner was Calvin Coolidge in 1924. I'd just been elected to the United States Senate. Of course, the president also fielded jokes from this year's host, The Daily Show's Trevor Noah. No, for real, for real, Mr. President. Thank you 
for being here. Thank you for having me here. You know, I was a little confused about why me, but then I was told that you get your highest approval ratings when a biracial African guy is standing next to you. So, uh... Trevor Noah didn't only focus on the president. He made sure to spread the jokes around to celebrities, members of the media, and other politicians gathered for the event. Hey, give it up for Kirsten Sinema. Whoever thought we'd see the day in American politics when a senator could be openly bisexual but closeted Republican, huh? That's progress. The night also marked the red carpet debut for Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. And one of the dinner's guests, Martha Stewart, who's friendly with both Kim and Pete, was on the Today Show this morning recapping the night. And she didn't hold back when asked the question that's been on a lot of our minds this last year. What is it about Pete Davidson? He seems to get all the cute girls. So did you figure out what it was? Well, he's he's just a skinny, kind of homely, really nice guy. He was he was he was cuter when he had when he had longer curly hair. It should be noted that Martha and Pete both work together on the roast of Justin Bieber and have a track record of taking playful shots at one another. But leave it to Martha Stewart to tell it like it is. The last few weeks, there have been a lot of things happening in the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard defamation trial. And as the testimony starts to wind down on the Depp side, things are only heating up for the anticipation for Amber taking the stand this week. Just as much seems to be happening outside of court, from witness lists changing to now Heard firing her PR crisis management team she had been working with during the trial and replacing them with an entirely new team. So to get into this with me today, and the man who has been following this case closely, People's Movies editor, Nigel Smith. Hey, Nigel, thanks for being here. Hey, Charlotte, of course. The big headline of the day is Amber let her crisis firm go. So obviously crisis reps are brought in when there's a situation of this kind of level of intensity. They're like turbocharged publicists. So what do we know about her decision here? Yeah, this is a little crazy given that she is rumored to be taking the stand this week and that her side is finally going to be telling her side of the story. So obviously all the coverage up until now has been very pro-Depp because Depp's witnesses, as well as Depp himself, has been taken to the stand and he's just been kind of a jovial presence throughout this entire process so far. So the public sway of opinion, if you want to say that, mainly on Twitter and social media, has been very pro-Depp. And so sources tell Tell us that Heard obviously hasn't been happy with the coverage thus far, but you know that's all going to change in the coming weeks. So for Heard to change her crisis management PR firm so close to her taking the stage, so to speak, is uh, pretty pretty wild. Just given that she's going to have to get this new crisis firm all up to speed on the case, all up to speed on her side of things. Yeah, this is like so much documentation. I have to imagine that right there is a huge job just to like know where all the bodies are buried. I dare say it seems like almost like a reckless decision, but I suppose it must have been well measured. I do feel that this is a little reckless just given the timing of it and given the fact that, you know, there is no controlling the narrative thus far in the case just because it's only been Depp's side who has been testifying. So in my mind, she should have been expecting this kind of coverage and just built a very tough skin for what was to come. So there have obviously been a lot of huge bombshell headlines out of this trial, but then there's also all these kind of viral TikTok moments coming out of the trial, all the memes and videos. I'm actually, I find it pretty surprising how pro Johnny some of these these memes are. It's like him quipping at something and like there's the context is totally gone that like what we're here to talk about is like domestic violence and drug abuse and like all kinds of stuff. Do we think that we're going to get that same reaction to like the Amber testimony? Like what do we think? How do we think social media is going to like react? 
if you actually watch the trial live, it's a very different trial from the one being portrayed on social media, on sites like TikTok, where you have funny compilations, Johnny Depp eating gummy bears, or his testimony being warped in a way as to make it seem like he's actually talks fast and has succinct points to make, which he doesn't if you watch it live. But I think given what Amber Heard's side is going to be arguing and what Heard herself is going to be testifying, I do think the temperament's going to change very much so. I don't think you're going to have Johnny Depp pulling out gummy bears and doing his little cute things for the public while, you know, Amber Heard is on stand testifying about her alleged domestic abuse suffered at the hands of Depp. The fact that anybody would be eating gummy bears and drawing, coloring in court, like during a trial like this at all, seems totally crazy. And yet it's somehow it is landing with this with this social media audience. It's totally landing and not just with the social media audience, but also with the Depp fans who camp out from 4 a.m. to get into the room. And, you know, many of them are there in the room watching the trial. They had to be silenced at one point when Johnny Depp made a joke last week and got them all riled up laughing. So Amber's side is getting ready to make their case. So who all are we expecting to see testify on her behalf? And I know she's going to give testimony to what do we expect to hear in that testimony? Well, you know, she's actually had practice in doing this form of testimony. The Sun, the tabloid newspaper in the UK, won in its case with Johnny Depp in the UK. And that was all kind of based, I believe, around Amber Heard's written and in-person testimony against Johnny Depp, where she alleged that she suffered domestic abuse from him. So I'm very curious to see what she has to say. She's been taking so many notes during everyone's testimony during the past few weeks, especially Depp's. And she really hasn't been giving much emotion. And as far as witnesses, we have people telling us that Elon Musk, who she had a relationship with shortly after her and James Franco are probably not going to be testifying. So in terms of big names, we're probably not going to be seeing them, but obviously you're going to have friends of hers, maybe her sister who's been dragged through the mud in this whole case on several instances, take to the stand and hurt herself. Thank you so much, Nigel. And I really look forward to see what happens next in this trial. I'm sure we'll be talking more this week. Oh, I'm sure. Thank you so much. For the first time since the start of the pandemic, the Met Gala is back on the calendar for the first Monday in May. I don't know about you, but I've spent a good part of my day thinking about some of my favorite looks from years past. Like, well, one of my favorite celebs to watch at the Met Gala was always Giselle Bundchen. Now, unfortunately, she's not expected this year, so I'll have to just remember back to that gorgeous black woven leather Balenciaga dress that she had back in 2014. I don't know, it just had such a great fit and it seemed very practical in a lot of ways, all things considered for what you typically see at the Met Gala. It actually looked like it might have even been comfortable, which is pretty unheard of. Another look that I had to go back and relive today was Blake Lively's Versace gown at the 2018 Heavenly Bodies theme. You probably all remember it. It had this deep red and gold pattern that was absolutely stunning with a jeweled bodice, but it was this golden crown she had. And I imagine it was meant to evoke the, you know, Catholicism theme and look like a halo. She looked like she was straight out of a Renaissance church painting or something. It was just very gorgeous and very on point for the Met. She's actually a co-chair this year, so I can't wait to see what she chooses this time. Now, just talking about all of this is getting me even more excited for tonight. This year's theme is In America, an Anthology of Fashion, which has a specific theme of gilded glamour as the dress code. And I can't wait to see what the designers and celebrities come up with. One thing I do know is that the Met Gala red carpet will be spectacular, which is why for tomorrow's show, People's Fashion and Beauty Director Andrea Laventhal will be joining to talk about the biggest moments from the biggest night in fashion. 
Thank you all for sharing your Monday with me. Janine will be back with you tomorrow for your Tuesday episode of People Every Day.